Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Brody in studio with us at Sisyphus Brewing tonight and tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. Two comedy albums on a rooftop comedy here on Sirius XM Satellite Radio and watch his 2019 Dry Bar Comedy Special, Not Afraid of Butterflies. Mike Brody in studio. Uh, so, things are good. The weather is uh, warming up. Your twins have their first home game today. It's going to be 50, so it's not going to be toasty for the game today, but uh, I certainly... I love Target Field. You guys like Target Field? Oh, it's beautiful. Mike? Yeah, I think it's terrific. <laughs> I, I've never been there. Oh, really? That's why I was pausing. I, was like, I remember there used to be like a little eagle that flew around. Yeah, there mm-hmm. was. He's probably dead right. now. Yeah. yeah, rest in peace, I guess. <laughs> I'm a basketball guy, so that's why I'm sad all the time because of Timberwolves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Timberwolves, you're not good. Um, college and professional? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I'm, I'm an Iowa Hawkeye, so. Oh, yeah. oh here yeah, we I go. Know. I know. So what do you get think out. Of, what do you think of the women's NCAA championship game? I think it's the most Iowa thing in the world to get our hopes up and then just Crap the bed mm-hmm. right then. That is, the, I was the only team, as far as you know, the men's team. Remember, we got up to number two and then we lost eight in a row. Like, what number two team loses eight in a row? Um, you know, I think it was cool that we made it to the championship. And I think you mean like the whole like the hand in the face thing? Yeah, I think there's a double standard. I think that, uh, I think that men talk shit all the time, women can do it too. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I got no problem with that. Look, I, there was a thing. Uh, growing up, and I don't know if they still do it or not. It's a different generation. But you guys have heard of the dozens, haven't you? You ever heard about playing the dozens? Mm-hmm. No, oh, what is that? So, Brittany, you've heard of it, huh? Yeah, because I've worked with you forever. Yeah, like you've, yeah, it's a the comedy thing, yeah. Okay, I have to clean this up, but mm-hmm. every time somebody would walk up to you on the street and want to play the dozens, which is basically capping on each other until one person gets so pissed off about being insulted, they just walk away. <laughs> but it's that kind of thing. You just insult the piss out of people or you take shots at people. And if somebody wanted to play it, they would walk up to you and say, now i got to clean it up a little bit. <laughs> they walk up to you and say, you want to play the dozens? Well, the dozens is a game, but the way I do your mother is a goddamn shame. That's how it started. Mm-hmm. So imagine where it went from there. Yeah. <laughs> Modern day would be like a roast battle, I guess, huh? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah I suppose mm-hmm. that's probably true. But it was an inner city thing. And it actually was a lot of fun. Um, like your mama, mama's armpit looks like she got buckwheat in a headlock. Sure. That was kind of the dozens. That was mm-hmm. a kind of a dozens thing to say. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I I just loved it. My I, thought would be like, why do you know my mom's armpit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you weirdo. That's a good point. <laughs> Who was that? Was that was that Chris Rock? I think it was Chris Rock's joke, wasn't it? That what? They they had told about your mama looks like she got buckwheat in a headlock. Oh yeah, probably. Mm. I don't know. I White think... men can't jump. Had a big uh, th- that one scene where those guys are going back and forth. I remember the one joke was your mama's so poor that she. I saw her kicking a can down the street. I asked her what she was doing. She said moving. 
<laughs> See, that I love that. Mm-hmm. There's the beginning of Bismarcky, Just a Friend. At the beginning of that video, they do it. Oh, sure. Yeah, oh, you're yeah. right. Yep. yep. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do they call it playing the dozens, though? That's nah, not as... Not very time effective word economy, no. Yeah. Yeah, that must be it. <laughs> and and now, know. children, we're going to play the dozens with Biz Marquis. But yeah, I have no, no idea why they called it the dozens. It was just always called the playing the dozens. And I think it started actually in West Africa, if I remember. It was called. Oh. Can't remember. But yeah, it started in West Africa. It had to do. Well, yeah, well, I mean, some of the jokes I can't even tell because they would, they were told from one person to another, and some of them are way over the top. So. <laughs> I was too yeah. reactionary of a kid. I would not have done well with that. Then it said something in my mom's armpit. I'm like, your mom's armpit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, cry. I know. <laughs> uh, I know. Well, there was a version of it. I'm glad you brought that up, Mike. <laughs> yeah. There was a version of playing the dozens where they would say, I'll play the dozens, but no mamas. Oh. So they no. actually, you can't talk about my mother. You can talk about anything else, but not my mother. <laughs> your father? Oh, I don't, nobody had a dad. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I remember one time on the playground, some kid was, you know, making fun of me. We were going back and forth. And he said, yeah, well, you got crusties in your underwear. And I don't know why I said this. I just went, oh, yeah? Well, and he went, he admitted it! He admitted it! Oh, no. That's that's playground death. And that stuck with you. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That was fifth grade. I still remember it vividly. Oh, that's right. Again, how's he know what your underwear looks like? Yeah, you're totally right. The hindsight is 2020. Mm -hmm. I know. Mm. And what's a crusty? Oh. I don't don't know. But but you know it if you see it. Yeah, but he was spot on. I did have crusties in my underwear. Oh, well. We all did at that age, right? Like, never mind. Yeah, I uh, I I got I got bullied a lot in uh, school, and then I grew up in the tail end of the just hit them back era. You know what I mean? Where like you go up to the teacher and they go just hit them back. You know now they'd have a whole conference and all this stuff like that. And so I got the tail end of that. And then one of my bullies ended up going to prison for kidnapping somebody at gunpoint and torturing them in a basement over drug money. And I'm like, what do you mean hit them back? Like. Run! This you run from that man. Yes. Yep. Uh, I happened at a softball game that my stepdad was at. I had some kids pushing me around, and I went and you know tattled. And my stepdad was like, "Well, just hit him back." Yeah. So I was like, "Yeah, that's right." I went back. So I did take a swing, and then I got the hell kicked out of me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I was like, "That was oh, not yeah. the best advice you could have given." But you know who said that to me? I, it was my fifth, my one of my teachers. He was like the hippie granola. Like I expected, like I can't believe he didn't have a didgeridoo while he said it. You know, he <laughs> <laughs> was the peace love guy. He just hit him back. It's in the manual. Like what? <laughs> Yeah. Clearly, if offense was like offense was my game, I wouldn't be here in this situation, getting beat up every day. Yeah. But I have the I have a punchable face. Do you remember the first time you were ever punched in the face? Um. Yes, I do. I do too. I was at an amusement park in uh, Iowa, Iowa, Altoona, Iowa, called Adventureland. I was there with a friend. We were uh, going on the rides and we were leaving, and an older kid jumped out of a bush and just punched me in the face. <laughs> And then another older kid jumped out of another bush and punched me in the face on the other side. And I was like, I'm getting beat up by friends or by uh, older people. I, but I go, I have a friend, and, and it's two on two. We're going to take him. And I looked at my friend, and he's gone. Like, my friend is <laughs> gone. And, like, I can't – like, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not exaggerating this. I literally never saw him again. I don't know where he went. I, I, I didn't see him at school. I don't know if he transferred. It hit around the corner. I never saw him again. 
and this is true, 30 years later, fast forward, he sends me a friend request on Facebook. No oh. way. And I accept it. And I go, dude, what the what the hell? And he goes, I know. <laughs> Did he say where he went? He what goes, happened? I'm sorry. I was in track. I'm a coward. My instincts kicked in. No, he didn't say. Yeah, so closure is possible. But, uh, That's good to know. Yeah, I remember that. The older kid just punched me in the face. Oh, that, and how much older? I, I mean... I would guess two years, but you know, back then, two years was fifteen. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's forever. Yeah. Yeah, no question about. It. And there were two of them on top of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I had the, the security guard help me look for him. <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna do if we found him. <laughs> and then uh, my, my my parents were having a company party. My dad was having his business party across the street at the hotel, and I went into the bar. All the adults were in the bar drinking, and I went and I told them what happened. My dad's like, well, "Why am I paying for all your taekwondo lessons? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> your taekwondo. You're not gonna use them. <laughs> right. Exactly. It was <laughs> Square up first. Yeah, yeah. We're supposed to defense. We're yeah. supposed to bow first. Yes. Bullies are supposed to come with an overhand chop, and that's how you know. <laughs> Ooh. As you a, break the rest. Yeah, as a, as a taekwondo. The, that's how you do it. The problem is when I grew up, I like I became a comic, and then people heckle you, uh-huh. and then you learn. You're like, I do not take this shit from them. Like you turn. Like I, I learned <laughs> to defend my. You know, and so uh-huh. I got more confident, and then I was at the YMCA playing basketball, and a guy like stepped up to me for like a half second. I was like, oh yeah! And I punched him in the face. <laughs> like 25 years of like build up. Yeah. <laughs> but everybody started but, passing the ball to me after that. See? <laughs> you gotta stand up for your rights, Mike Brody. That's all I'm saying, man. I'm, I'm crazy. Yeah. You're crazy? Why are you crazy? I'm crazy because I just went, uh, I was just in Honduras and uh, I just oh. went, my wife and I uh, just went 2,000 feet under the sea in a submarine. Wow. And really? it was like, that was her dream. That was her bucket list dream for 20 years. And, uh, you know, it's pretty cool because my wife has dreams and then I get to like do cool things because of her dreams. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what? Like going in the submarine. She wanted to go 20. You understand 2,000 feet. That's yeah, when I know, when man. Fish, fish got weird down there. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you see a fish and you're like, that ain't right. <laughs> now, That's not what a fish pre- is supposed to look like. The pressure in the submarine doesn't change. I got to believe that it does. The outer shell would contract a bit, but they kind of adjust for that. It's pressure. Okay, here's here's the deal with this thing. All right, the guy's name is Carl, and everybody knows every Carl's crazy. Uh-huh. Crazy okay. Carl. It's just, it's a fact. Yep. It happens. That you know, um, he w- uh, he started making his first submarines when he was 15, and he wanted to. He built. It was a self like uh, it was. It's like. He wasn't allowed to do it in the United States of America, so he said, screw it, I'll go to Honduras. And he he, uh, he does it down there. And uh, it is one of the only, what do you call it, non-government, or not uh, military, it's like a private. Private, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's, a, there's like eight or something, maybe 20, I don't remember exactly how much, but most of them go 200, 300 feet down. His goes 2,000. 2,000? Yeah. And, 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 and we, I looked at it, and it, 20 years he hasn't had a problem. But when we were going down, he does go, uh, he goes, I put a new window in, so if you see something leaking, you know, just let me know. Oh! Oh my God! And like to be clear, if like the window popped, I mean, it wouldn't be just like hurry up and get to the top. Like, we'd be dead. Like, dead. like our heads would just cave in on themselves. But it was the really cool. Got, the pressure's got to be immense. Two thousand feet down, man. It didn't. I didn't feel any different. You know, what I mean, like it's all pressurized, yeah. obviously, yeah. and it's very calm. We saw. It looks like the moon down there. It's pretty cool. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get down there. It's not a lot. I mean, there's a there's a lot of life, but it's not the way that we see life. You know, and it's not like the coral reef. It's like it looks like it looks like an alien planet, and then there's like little weird like I don't know, not ferns. I don't know how else to describe it, but it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Do you did you find any pirates' booty? <laughs> I saw a coke can. Oh, neat. 
You get 2,000 feet down and there's still somebody throwing litter. Do you and your wife, neither of you deal with like claustrophobia at all? Because it would be, t- it's a tight little thing, right? It, it's not recommended for claustrophobics okay, to go like, 2,000 feet. Because it's, it's not yeah. a big submarine either. That's it's, what I mean. It's like, like three it's, people. Okay. Three or four. Yeah. Yeah. No, if, if you don't like elevators, do not go in this thing. Okay. Yeah, it's not. But, uh, but it was pretty cool. Hmm. It's pretty, oh, then we, uh, we went to, <laughs> there, we, we were on Roatan, which is an island. It's Honduras, but it's an island off of Honduras. Uh-huh. And then we went to uh, the mainland, and we stayed in the jungle. It was amazing. But there was a ferry that you have to take to get from the island to the mainland. And the way it, it's about an hour, maybe. And it was fine. It was just you, you just take it. It's a little. It was a little bumpy, but it wasn't. But what I didn't realize is that the wind goes in a certain direction. And so when you're going back, yeah. I know I I knew something was off when they started handing bags to everybody oh, immediately. No. And I'm like, oh. and, I, and I was like, wait a minute, why are we getting bags? And my wife goes, oh, we're all gonna throw up. And I'm like, what? They looked it up later. It's called the 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 vomit comet. Um, is what the fairy is called. <laughs> wow. And like, it's one of, it was like out of a movie where like, it, for the first half hour, it was like, one person threw up and then that was the domino. And then, burr, 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 and everybody threw oh. up. And there was people whose jobs were just to grab the bags and give me a new one. No way. And it took two hours because it was longer because it was so rocky. Oh, it was horrible. Oh, that <laughs> sounds terrible. It was, it was, it was. Ugh. And I was going to go until you brought that part up. <laughs> just swim. Yes, yeah, swim. Yeah. That's swim, it. Swim, mm-hmm. swim the thing, yeah. Hey, it works for me. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I just, uh, so honest to God, how long did it take you to get, I'm sorry to ask you so many questions. No, no, go away. This, ask away. How long does it take you to go down 2,000 feet? That's got to take a while, I would imagine. Yeah, we were in there for four hours. Oh, my God. Oh, sure, oh sure. yeah. And then, so when you're going down, he kind of just takes you. He, the thing that he does is when you start, he you're going like, you know, um, not not horizontal, but you're just kind of going out to see, you know, and uh-huh. then you go down. But when you're going out, he goes, oh, and there's my first submarine. And you see this submarine at the bottom of the ocean just like <laughs> – Covered right. in like Whoa. like years of reef, you know, uh-huh. and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I hope he did that on purpose. Uh, and then you go down, and I'd say, oh, I think it takes about 45 minutes to an hour to go all the way down. And yeah. then once you go yep. down, you go across the bottom, and then you kind of he works it out. So you go up. So when when you're at the end, like you're still seeing all this stuff, and then basically you go up and you're at the top again. So it's like kind of like the way he does it. But yeah, I think it took like 45 minutes, and it's crazy because you see like little translucent glowy things that are like little shrimp and you see little ink from like a squid going by um but we saw like big uh weird lobster looking things weird thing that looked like a i don't even know how to describe it just a weird little pink pud thing like mm-hmm. it's just like it had a face like oh, i'm sorry <laughs> so sorry it exists <laughs> but it's crazy it's like it, one of the things was He's like, this is a thing, and it was like moving around, and it's like this. It's uh, 500 million years old, like not not the oh, exact man. organism itself, but yeah. the whole species. Right. Right. And you're like, the dinosaurs went extinct 65 million years ago. This is 500, and and you don't only see it here. We're sitting there looking at it, so it's it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. But everybody that I talked to on the island, they're like, oh, that guy, he's crazy. Like everybody knew who he was on the island. Kind of have to so, be crazy to build your own submarine. Yeah. Yeah. So he built it himself, he and he's have not a... an engineer. He does not have an engineer degree. Really? Yeah. He's just a mad genius. That's kind of. I don't know if I could take that one. Let me That's, think it over. You gotta, you gotta live, yeah. Tom. You gotta live. Yeah, Eat those yeah. ribs. Eat those ribs. He's like, is this, <laughs> is this submarine pressurized? He's like, well, we just got a box fan in the <laughs> back <laughs> that just blows air into it. It should sure. be okay. Yeah. Define pressure. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, that was fun. How did you find this guy? 
my wife find it, found it. She's the my wife finds oh, everything. My wife is just one of those people that like, if we're gonna go on a vacation, she'll be like, oh, here's the one where you get to like uh, have coffee with bears and tickle them, and, and you know, like like how did you find this? You know, like she just and, and she she saw it 20 years ago. I was like, someday I'm gonna do that, and uh, yeah, I mean. It, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a lucky man because I just get to go on all these fun adventures that she plans. I've known you, you for a long time, and I can't believe I've never met your wife. I feel like she must be the yin to your yang. Like She must be very calm and just completely collected and has everything together at all times. She's very calm and collected. She's very smart. She's very, very, very funny. We write jokes together. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she uh, she is always the the rational, smart one. But she's one of those annoying people that has, like, perfect left-right brain thing. Uh. Where, like, she's really good at math, but then she can, like... One day she, like, made a butterfly out of dog hair that she found on our floor. You know, just like... <laughs> like and it looked like a butterfly. And I'm like, what in the hell? Who are you? <laughs> like, I don't even know 10 times 12. I don't... I do not sure. understand things. But, yeah, I don't know. She's... Takes a very strong woman to be uh, married to me. Yeah, we got a saying. Good thing I'm so attractive. Well, we got a saying in this uh, this uh, this scene that you're not really a comic until Mike Brody has yelled at you, and then seven <laughs> minutes later has either forgotten about it and then just acts like it never happened again. Is, do people say that? <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's, that's totally what we say. Are you you're, a yeller? You seem so sweet. I. Uh, well, Rudy, you tell me. Mike's not a yeller. Mike is very upfront and stern with people. He's kind of t- like Tom in a way, where Tom doesn't like beat around the bush. He just uh-huh. gets right into it. And I think sometimes that gets misconstrued as, oh, that guy can be a jerk sometimes. But I think yeah. comics are so very afraid of Mike Brody because he's been doing this for a long time. Uh-huh. He's very good at what he does. He also... Uh, he doesn't take a lot of shit from a lot of people. So when people get around him, they don't know how to handle boundaries. Uh, so Mike is very much so with boundaries. And th- th- we kind of have this saying. We're like, hey, man, you haven't done anything in this market until Mike Brody has at some point been very stern with you and then three <laughs> minutes later completely forgotten about it and treats you like it never happened. Well, you know, I, well, I, I never forget, Rudy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's actually got this little notebook. Oh, yeah. But I, no, I, I'm like a bridge over well, – not bridge over troubled water. What is it? Uh, water under the bridge guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, there you go. Because I, the thing I love about comedy, especially in Minnesota, and, and by the way, Minneapolis is one of the best comedy scenes in the country. You know, really yes. and truly yep. has the entire time I've been here. But there's so much passive aggressiveness. It's ridiculous. You never know where yes. you stand with somebody. Somebody goes, "I go, are you mad at me? No." And they walk off and they go, "Son of a bitch." Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. With oh, comedy, yeah. I like. It's the one oasis in this town where you don't get it usually with with comedy. Most most of the time, things very upfront with comedy. So that's how that's just kind of how I live in that. I'm like, okay, like you did something. Like if it, also, I I look at it as like I'm doing somebody a favor. Like if somebody does something really rude in a show i will be like just so you know that is like really wildly inappropriate that you did that like as far like 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 if, if i'm watching a show and the the new comic is somebody's doing a guest spot which is just a five minute like you're not getting paid you just go and then they start selling merch after the show yeah right number sure. one you got to ask people but two you don't sell merch as a guest spot so if somebody was selling merch i'd be like hey just so you know that is like you don't do that that is not you know you got to earn that right you know mm-hmm. and then Somebody go, oh, that's kind of up front. But I'm like, I'm doing them a favor because that headliner probably hates their guts and they don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. because every now and, now and again, I'll do the Tuesday night at House of Comedy with Mike. And there'll be a guy who's only done comedy a couple of times. And they get up and they start doing crowd work as a <laughs> as an open micer. Yeah. And then Mike will pull them aside and go, hey, by the way, you only get five minutes. So use your five minutes to your advantage. And don't ruin the show by you trying to do crowd work because it's not working. And then they walk away and they go, okay, okay. And then they come over to me and they go, I think Mike Brody's mad at me. I'm like, no, he's just 
just trying to do you a solid, oh, man. Trust me. Okay, so yeah. my mom was is a gym, well, was a gym teacher. And okay. so, like, I'm, like, a big rule follower. And yeah. so I like telling other people the rules, yeah. and that makes me, like, the nerd rule follower. And, like, yeah. you as well. Yeah. Like, what is in you that feels like you have to be the enforcer of rules? Because it's not a fun job. I don't feel like I'm the enforcer of rules. I just think that when I was starting off, there were people that helped me with stuff and I'm trying to pay that forward because it was helpful to me because if somebody didn't help me with stuff, I had to embarrass myself. And maybe there is something to be said about people having to embarrass themselves to do it. But like, I just think it's helpful. Like, you know, when, when I started, especially, you know, when I started, it was like the, the YouTube wasn't around, you know, like, so yeah. like, I remember being on a comic on stage was like, oh, that tag didn't work. And I was like, what's a tag? You know? <laughs> sure. And so I had yeah. to go ask people what a tag. So like, I like to tell people and help people out and be like, like the biggest thing I tell new comics is like a new comic will be up there with a microphone stand. They take the mic out and then they don't move the microphone stand. And that is like comedy one oh one. When people right. are like, give me advice. I'm like, move the microphone stand. That is a, that's a pro move. Yeah. Move it out of the way. Otherwise there's a subliminal thing where there's something blocking you, even though people can see through it, it's blocking you. Yeah. And so I just, I mean, I just, I don't know. I think the way my brain works is that um, I make sense of things by rules, mm-hmm. you sure. know? So if I can understand the rules, I understand it all. And I think if it's helpful to me, maybe it's helpful to other people. So that's how, you know. Yeah. Well, I would much rather have somebody tell that than somebody ignore it and I'm breaking the rules and I find out get right. my ass handed to me because right. you didn't bother to tell me it was against the rules. Right. Mm-hmm. And also, with, I mean, comedy, it's, it's not like... Rule breaking is cool. I mean, that's why um, yeah. Lenny Bruce was so influential because he quit oh. doing the whole like you know, hey guy walks into a bar. Like he started being conversational and he broke the rules of comedy and changed it forever. But I'm talking like etiquette and just suggestions. You know, things that like you can go up there and take your pants off and your crusty Rudy underwear. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, but I don't know if it's gonna go well. Yeah, as an, as an open micer. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't, do you remember the guy who got up with the ham that time and, uh, and had sex with the ham? Yeah, remember that? Yeah, now, that how was. Could I what? forget that, Rudy? <laughs> he what? also had a boombox and he played music to it. Oh yeah, we've had some people come through this scene that are unforgettable. Yeah, that... he was stripping the ham. Yeah. He brought his own boombox up, so then when uh, the <laughs> the sound person tried to cut him off, they couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. It's brutal, man. Yep. And then and then he goes, "It's art." It's like I don't I don't know, I don't I don't know. It's art's meat. That yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, you've ruined a good ham, is what you've done, my <laughs> yeah. friend. Yeah. I saw a guy at a, at a comedy contest that I was running. A guy went up and. Uh, he was in. He was the second comic up, and he he looks. He pulls out his phone. He goes, "Oh, I see nobody's talked about this yet." And then he because the Boston bombing had just happened. It oh, had, hadn't even been hadn't even God. been twenty four wow. hours, right? And he goes, and he goes, "Oh, you know, Boston bombing. Life goes on, except for that kid." And oh. then you know how hard it is to make a crowd in Minnesota boo you, oh. passive aggressive. <laughs> like seriously, people booed oh. him, and then. It was the comedy contest. He was the second, and I was hosting. I had to go up. I had to throw him under the bus. Yeah, absolutely. To let to save the show. Also, and so I was just like, his family was there. I was like, you're stupid. You're ugly. Like I just like, <laughs> and then it worked. And then after the show, he came up to me. Listen, I'm I'm not saying like I'm not I'm not a bully or anything like that. But like that was a crazy thing where it was inappropriate and it was wrong, and I had to save the show. But he came up to me and he goes, you know what? I said that. Yeah, I did. But for five minutes, everybody. Listen to me. And I just go, any idiot with a microphone can do that. And his head yeah. exploded. Yeah. Oh, that's that brutal. Like, you have five minutes, and that's what you're, that's what you're trying to share. That's like mm-hmm. what we're talking about again. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, 
there's there's funny jokes that are shocking, but then there's shock value. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's different. You know what I want to do someday? I want to walk on stage, whether it's at Acme or Rick Bronson's or wherever, Sisyphus. Just walk on stage, grab the mic, and go, let me tell you, when I was a kid, you know? And then just walk off. <laughs> you think anyone would laugh? No, because I've seen people do that. They've yeah. done that one line? Yeah, no, not that one line. No, no, no. But I've seen people go up and do uh, Dangerfield, Kinnison. Oh, really? And they just think nobody, really, nobody, some of the greatest comedians of all time, nobody's, nobody's, uh, Gonna recognize those jokes? Yeah, no, I saw. That's, I'm, I'm oh, I wouldn't tell a joke. Oh, There's you, no you way just, just, just do the line? Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I just oh, I'm no way would I tell a joke with his voice. Not a joke. I think if that happened, people would go, "Why did Tom Bernard just go up there?" <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm looking like for. Like a fever dream. <laughs> you know who I love that does for. that? Uh, he he did it in the past, and he, uh, Emo Phillips when he started, yes. he used to walk up with the trombone and then yep. carry it the whole the whole time, and then never address it and never play it. <laughs> yeah, and that was in the eighties. I you loved know? him. And then and then when I saw him, he did that with a water a water jug. He had a humongous gallon of water, and then he never took a single drink out of it, and he <laughs> held it the whole time. And this just uh, – he's, he's so funny. I love him so much, and he's a great dude. And he was uh, – we're performing. They rented out the room for a sorority, which – talk about a bad booking for Emo Phillips. Right. You know? <laughs> And I mean, like, it, so the crowd was full of sorority girls that did not give a, didn't give a shit about him. They were ignoring him. They were literally, he's just talking into a void. And then at one point, he turns like this table of four girls up front, and he goes, "Now this table is very attractive." <laughs> and, and he goes, "And you girls are pretty too." Oh yes, I remember. <laughs> we have to take a break. Mike Brody in studio with the Sisyphus Brewing tonight and tomorrow night, eight o'clock. Back in a couple of seconds, Mike Brody joins Phil Mackey. Ken Herbeck and everybody else here on the Tom Bernard Show right after this. There's plenty of thoughts that come into your head when you think the name Killebrew. Of course, there's the Minnesota baseball legend, Harmon, who was responsible for many a favorite memory at the old Met Stadium in Bloomington and many a baseball that ended up in the stands and in the gloves of adoring fans from his home runs. There's Killebrew Drive, the legendary road that connects Highway 77 to the Mall of America, and a day of shopping you'll never forget. My current thoughts for the name Killebrew is fun floats in our kitchen with my kids and grandkids, a cool, refreshing break in between innings at Target or CHS Field. Or maybe a perfect sunset paired with a sweet, frothy beverage after fishing or on your favorite walleye lake. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Grab a six-pack at a grocery or convenience store near you. I'm Tom Bernard. This spring and summer, enjoy the one Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Gluten and caffeine-free with a generous portion of delicious thrown in. Killebrew, where memories are created and legends are made. Finding great people to hire is like trying to find a needle in a haystack. It's pretty difficult, right? Well, ZipRecruiter has mastered finding a needle in a haystack, so they take it to the next level. They make hiring so simple that it's like finding a needle in a needle stack. And that's why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. Here's what it's like to use ZipRecruiter. They have so many qualified candidates that it's easier to find the right ones for your roles. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. That's a lot of needles. So how do they do it? ZipRecruiter's powerful technology sends you candidates who are a great match for your job, and you can even invite your top choices to apply. So if you want less hay and more needles, head to ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash F-R-E-E. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. 
ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Want to kick back with your favorite British TV? Escape with Britain's best series, only on BritBox. Don't miss new and exclusive releases, including BritBox original drama Stonehouse, starring Succession's Matthew McFadden. It's Stonehouse, John Stonehouse. Follow the unbelievable true story of the British politician who faked his own death. I deny those allegations in the strongest possible terms. Succession's Matthew McFadden stars in BritBox's new original drama Stonehouse. Stream this and more at BritBox.com. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. It is, um, oh my God, it's already 921. Uh, in any case, Mike Brody in studio. Also, of course, from Score North, Phil Mackey joins us. And I have to read this every week. And it's just, one of these days, I'm going to get worn out reading this because the second word in it is just too much for me. Minnesota legend Kent Herbeck. Sports brought to you by Killebrew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda at the ballpark up north or in your fridge. Killebrew Root Beer and Cream Soda. Good morning, legend Kent Herbeck. Legend. Yeah. Yeah, wait a second. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm going to finish my caviar here. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) A little caviar stateside. How are you guys doing? Everything good? Wonderful. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, good morning, Kent. I'm also uh, shoveling down some caviar here in honor of the legendary Kent Herbeck on home good. opener day, boys. Yes. Happy exactly. home opener day. I That's- love it. And I tell you what, and Kent, uh, Phil, I want your take on this. What we saw, the Twins open up kicking everybody's butt because of great pitching and some great hitting. Then all of a sudden Miami came fighting back with great pitching. Does, does great pitching just always – kind of block out a chance to for great hitting. The pitching that they put on, the performance they put on down in Miami was pretty impressive, don't you think? Uh, 100%. Yeah, uh, I think I've told you that before many times in the show, Tommy, that we've uh, everybody likes great pitching. Uh, you talk to the managers, they like, they like to have good pitching, and uh, everybody's always looking for it. And if you pitch well, you've got a great chance. And um, I pretty much showed the first six games of this this series, or these uh, the opening series. It was good pitching, took care of the good hitting, but you're not going to have it every day. And and uh, you know you lose one enough one one nothing ball games. It's kind of tough. Um, you also need hitting. I, I found that out. You need to score runs, or else you can't win. <laughs> you figured that out, did you? <laughs> That's how smart I am. <laughs> That's fair. I'm glad you figured that out. I mean, my God. Yeah, Phil. Oh, I, I, I should check. I want to make sure because I don't want to hold you guys up. Now, oh, Phil and Kent, do you have a, a specific time you have to be out by? Because I don't want to hold you too long. No. Uh, if, if you if you get me out by about uh, 37 or 38 after, then I can avoid the wrath of Patrick Royce wondering, where where's Mackie? Where's, where's Mackie still on with that Bernard guy? <laughs> that Bernard ruining my life even more than he used to. I love hey, it. Hey, do not, me a favor. Not... Do me a favor and don't say hi to Patrick for me. I, I will. Uh, <laughs> I will not pass the message along. Yes, I right. love that. I love that one hundred percent. No, but we'll yeah, we'll get you up by thirty-seven, thirty-eight, Phil. I just wanted to make I'm sure fine. that we and Kent, you're good to go. Yep. Yep. Kent's good um, till Sunday, actually. So if you just want to, you know, kind of carry him well, through the I weekend, have to, I have yes. to do the ballpark by one o'clock to open up the gates. Oh, oh, is okay. that what you're doing? I get to open up my gate number four. No, it's not my gate. The number gate number fourteen. I I open it up. It's kind of it's fun. I I enjoy it. The the people are excited. There's always a, a big line of people out there, and 
scrambling to get in the gate, and we get to chat and talk to a few people, take a couple pictures, laugh, tell stories while everybody's in line, and and push them through the gate. So, um, yeah, I enjoy it. It, it. We've done it the last years that the the, the ballpark's been Target Field's been opening up, so it's a fun time. You know, I'm glad you brought up Target Field because uh, I talk once in a while, and I always have about the, you know since because at one point there it was kind of weird, but now. Is there a metropolitan area in the United States? I'm sure shoulder to shoulder, yes. But does anybody have better stadiums and ballparks than we do now? My God, our parks are great. Boy, I, you know, you, you hear about, uh, you know, the over in, in St. Paul, the, the hockey rink. Everybody loves that. I hear the players yep. really like that. Talk about Target Center. Uh, I, I guess I don't hear as much about that, but I think the court's pretty good over there. And, of course, the mm-hmm. football field is great. And then you can hear nothing but great things about Target Field. So it's fun to uh, – and the new Allianz Field over there, too. The soccer field's pretty cool, too. Yeah, no question. You know, the, the other thing about the I football stadium is they had that problem two years ago where uh, birds didn't know that it was glass. Oh, and so yeah. so they, like, they had like 500 dead birds just strewn about <laughs> around the perimeter of U.S. Bank State. They had to, like, put a new coating on the glass. And they had a bunch of protests because birds didn't know that it was glass. So, that, <laughs> other than other than that unforeseen problem, I agree yeah. with Kent. And by the way, we've we've paid for these stadiums. Did we pay, like as a public? We paid like a half billion dollars for for the football stadium. So they they better be good stadiums for God's sake. Yeah, I hope I hope people enjoy them as much as I know the players playing them, I and they're fun. They're fun places to go and enjoy a day at the ballpark. I think they make them a a good venue to go to. They're a lot of fun. I think it's hilarious because the inside of U.S. Bank Stadium is beautiful, but it was voted the ugliest stadium in America from the outside. <laughs> did you see that? It was. It, it, it does was. look like a, like a Star Wars ship. Just <laughs> <plot>. <laughs> like we just we eliminated the Teflon uh, stadium and just put a spaceship in downtown Minneapolis. Uh, it's the Jawas. Fans together. Yeah, it looks, yeah. It looks like something caved in, but uh, yeah, it's not, it's not done yet. But, it's not but done it is yet. cool inside there. I think it's a it's a cool looking place. By the way, did you guys did you guys hear? So uh, we were talking last week about the pace of play and however the pitch clock has everything all Love crisp. It. And so a couple things off that: the Twins played a one hour and fifty minute game the other day against the Marlins. Yep. So don't yep. blink. Uh, there was there. Were, I think two days ago there were twelve games being played across Major League Baseball, all of them under three hours. So we're just like, this thing is this is one of the most effective things baseball has implemented in decades, probably. But as a result, owners and, and uh, team presidents are sort of wondering, wait a second, our concession revenue is less <laughs> through the first week because the, ga- the games aren't three and a half hours. And so oh. Major League Baseball extended the myself. amount of time you can get beer through the eighth inning now, apparently. So... There you go. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, we're going to have to get uh, uh, Herbex. you got to get in there and drink fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good idea. I, I have before. There's no question about that. But it all works out in the end. Uh, it's just such an exciting time for me uh, every year. And Kent knows this. I've known Kent for, God, yeah, you realize I've known you for 35 years already? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> He's real happy about that. It sounds like so that's good. I'm glad to hear that. But uh, when it's that, probably that season, that, yeah. 
ahead. Now probably is longer than that. You're right. I think it is longer than that, to tell you the truth. But um, the one thing I did notice, because I went to see the Twins play the Marlins in Miami uh, on Monday. Oh, wow. Oh, I did. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I tell you, I, I just... It was so weird because I'm, I'm, and I'm not making this number up. Somewhere between fifty percent to sixty-six percent of the fans in that stadium were Twins fans. Wow, isn't that weird? Yeah, and there wasn't really a lot of people in the stands though either, was there? <laughs> no, Miami, no, Miami does not draw. I, I don't know what the number is, Kent, but they that stadium was maybe, maybe a third full. Okay, that's too bad. But. I mean, 85 and sunny. Where, what the hell can you do? You sit there for the average person. You got like, a sandwich in one hand, a beer in one, the other hand. It's 85 and sunny, and your team's on the field. Why the hell wouldn't you want to go there? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe you want to go to the beach. I, well, I guess. Aren't you sick of going to the beach? Though? <laughs> you can do that every day. <laughs> but it was so much fun to be there. There were people all around wearing Twins jerseys, Twins hats. I felt like I was at the first Twins game. You know, it's how it felt. You know, it's, it's very similar if you go, like, to Milwaukee a lot of times, too. If you end up going to a Milwaukee Brewer game when the Twins are in town, there's always a lot. You go down to Kansas City, that's always a, a, a horde of, of Minnesota Twins fans down there. So, yeah, it's, it's fun to go to a different ballpark. And, and uh, yeah, you end up buddying up with a couple people you see with a Twins jersey on or something. It's, uh, yeah, it turns into quite the, quite the event. Now, I haven't checked the uh, – Phil, I haven't checked the, the rankings yet because last time I checked, the Twins were half a game out because they lost a couple of games in a row there. And, and again, very well-pitched game. Because so, people are going, what about your Twins now? You're pretty happy when they were undefeated, but now they got the rest. Look, you got good pitching. You're not going to win a lot of times against good pitching. I don't worry about things like that, right? Tom, are you Tom? Are you the type of fan that starts to uh, to standings watch after the first six games? Like you're like they're a half game behind Cleveland, and you're you're like sweating the Cleveland game tonight. Yep. To make yep, sure I am. I think it was wow. uh, I think it was our guy Tom Kelly who used to say the first forty games are figuring out who you are, uh, and then there's going to be there's going to be forty games. Or did he say there's forty games you're going to win, forty games you're going to lose, and then it's the it's the rest of the games that you know the true skill rises to the top. I would just like wait till May thirtieth yeah. maybe to to sweat the standings, but they are a half game out of first place, and uh, and they and they do look competitive early on here. I th- yeah, I think just keeping the boys healthy. You know what? Just follow along enjoy the game you know you know it's not it's not like the football season as we know because you got what 16 games or 18 games whatever they play now mm-hmm. and uh you know the, every game is so important whereas the twins it's not every game but you go out there and play this that it's important but uh you know what you just don't want to lose you don't want to lose games being stupid or or uh you know right. make, making bad mistakes or bad choices or whatever because that stuff can kind of get that gets under your craw a little bit, and it causes problems. But just you know, play the game good. If you play the game good and, and, and solid, the other team beats you. Uh, you know, tip your hat to them. Come back out there tomorrow and try to kick their butt. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's definitely a, a a marathon and not a sprint, as they say. Now, Ken, who was the first manager you played for for the Twins? Was that 1982? Is that correct? Uh, 1981 actually got called up. 81. Billy Gardner. Billy Gardner, Flick. my God! Yeah. Look, he was a beauty. I loved him. He was a, he well, was a he, great guy. I, I, I knew Gene. I think he's still around, as a matter of fact. If I'm is not he mistaken. really? Yeah, I, that's I wonderful. He, 
you'll have to have somebody check on that. But um, yeah, never had Gene Mock. Gene Mock left before that. Right. Johnny, Johnny Goral was down was there for a little bit. Um, Johnny Goral actually was my manager in instructional league when I first signed. Uh, yeah, then had Ray Miller and then TK. Oh yeah. Yep. And then TK got in there. Well, now Phil should probably know this. Phil Mackey with us from uh, Score North. You better know. You better know this, Phil. Oh, oh no. Well, he does need to know this because the reason that Gene Mock left and didn't manage the Twins all the way through the time when Kent came up is because he got completely worn out from giving me the finger. Oh. So, <laughs> sprained, a sprained he, ligament in his uh, third finger. Yeah. His third. Him and how many other people? Well, a lot of a lot of people. Can't that so many other people? There are a lot of them that lost their pointer finger because it was right next to the one they were given me. So I don't know. I, I just is it weird that that at this point in my life I still get so damn excited to go out to the ballpark, no. whether it's in Miami or it's where the hell ever it is, but certainly in in Minneapolis, St. Paul. I just get so excited to go sit there. It's going to be beautiful. Like I said, the average person, you get a beer, get a Coke or a bottle of water and a sandwich, and you sit there in, in great weather and watch baseball. What the hell could be better than that? Uh, let's see. Let me think, let me think for a second. <laughs> just sitting in a boat, maybe? <laughs> I knew it. Water. I knew you said, well, you're going fishing, <laughs> going hunting. Is that uh, it? No, I mean it's fun. It's a fun. You know, you can't do it every stinking day of the uh, of your life, but yeah, it's fun to take the family out once in a while, enjoy the game, have a hot dog, squirt some mustard all over your shirt. Sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, have a couple beers, kick them over, have to go get another one. You go broke buying beer. Um, trying to find a place to park. Yeah, that's all fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what a great wow, that idea! That turned dark fast. That turned dark. Have you guys? Have you? I love Kent's thoughts on uh, on the the new sort of reclamation slugger the Twins signed in free agency. Jo- Joey Gallo has been one of my oh, yeah. guilty pleasure favorite players to follow since he came up like six or seven years ago. He basically does three things every time he comes to the plate. He's either going to strike out, he's going to draw a walk, or he's going to hit a home run. And once right. in a while, he might hit, like he might fly out or something. But at the end of the year, there's a really good chance he has more home runs than singles. And uh, he's already tied for the major league lead with three home runs. And there's just something about – so he played for Texas. He hit 40 home runs a couple times. And then he went to the Yankees. And he, and this, this has happened to a lot of guys. He went to the Yankees and was just a disaster. And I don't know if it was the media, if it was the environment, but you get him out of New York and you put him in Minnesota, you put him in Texas where he was before and – he might be a gem, man. He's he's off to a hot start, and he kind of he he's like a healthier, more productive version of Miguel Sano, and uh, and, and probably a better a better fielder in the outfield and first base too. So he he's been my guy to watch early on. He's he's a he's a fun guy to keep an eye on. Yeah. No, I agree with I you one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, you know, I haven't been following much. I guess when he was there, but yeah, he did have a, definitely had a hard time in New York. A few you know, a few people have had issues going when they've gone over there, but. Yeah, maybe just letting him be and letting him play his game and let him do what he wants to do and and uh, feel a little bit about himself, better about himself at the plate. Um, there's all kinds of different variables that figure into when you're when you're up there swinging the bat. But uh, yeah, let's hopefully he helps us out and, and uh, you know keeps things going like he is right now. No question. No, I, I uh, Kent. Maybe you want to talk to Phil about this because I want to talk Phil into doing something and I want to see if you think it's a good idea or not. Oh boy. Uh, 
the first interview you do, maybe it's today, maybe it's this weekend, whatever, walk up to Joey Gallo and say, Joey, are you aware that you're named after a murderous mafia figure? And then just walk away. What do you think? I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm, I'm on it. I'm here for it. You got that job, Phil. I'll, uh, we'll, I'll take we'll, uh, we'll see. Actually, the, the real drama is to see if old Macadac here can uh, get a Twins press credential. I've been a little hard on the Twins the last couple of years and uh, well, get some sideways, some sideways glances from the boys once in a while. But well, if I can if I can get past that first barrier, then maybe I can uh, ruffle some feathers again with the Gallo question. Hey, well, sounds like sounds like I'm talking with a couple of guys that the Twins organization really likes. I know they love yeah. Trump too. <laughs> oh yeah, a couple of guys just love me over there. There's no qu- well, honest to God, I, Phil, you, I told a story earlier that uh, or last week when everybody, I walk, I walk uh, past the dugout and everybody's just staring at me like they want to kill me, and of course Kent goes, "Hi, Tommy." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great, thank you. Listen, I so just like I'm just a that. guy who would like to see one playoff game victory. You know, it's been it's been 20 years. Yep. I yep. just want to see the Twins. Listen, a World Series again would be nice. Uh, 1991, obviously, but if we can just win a playoff game, I think it's I think it, it's confetti. It's a parade. You know, whatever happens, the rest of the series happens. But let's break that historical streak sometime here in October. That's my goal this year. Yeah, I, I believe that is very true. You and about, uh, what, four or five million other people here in the Midwest would like to see yep. that. Yes. Yes, there's quite a line of people. So, uh, yeah, I think I think they've, uh, you know, like I said, the, the start has made everybody happy and smiley and, and uh, you know, just keep playing that way and, and have fun at the game and Stay healthy. I think that that is that is the huge thing to keep the guys on the field. We, you know, everybody knows we need Byron Buxton on the field. Yes, uh, you know for 130 games, 140 games, it'd be nice to see him play 162. But he's not going to do that. But uh, keep you know keep all those guys healthy. Keep the pitching staff healthy. Uh, they're going to try as hard as they can. They 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 got all the computer stuff to look at and figure out, and hopefully they can keep them on the field. It is 9.38. I promised to get wow. Phil Mackey out on time, and I'm going to do it. Here, what do you think? Phil. Wow. Radio professional, <laughs> Tom Bernard. Get out of here, Phil. All those years of broadcasting paying off in this exact moment right now. <laughs> you know what I love and about that, Phil? don't say I had a rice for me. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell him to go bleep himself. <laughs> All right, Phil. We'll talk to you next week. Thank See you. See you guys. Phil Mackey from Score North, ladies and gentlemen. Kent Herbeck with us for about another five, six minutes. Uh, I know it's kind of weird, Kent, and you know that it's not fake, that I do get very excited every every twin season. I was all excited. They, uh, you know, they got to 4-0, lost a couple of games, but they lost games not from poor play. They lost to really good pitching, which I think is beautiful baseball, right? Right, yeah. They've uh, they've had a great start to the season, like you said, and, and uh, yeah, they're not, you know, haven't given any of those games away yet, and, and hopefully... When we're talking in June. Uh, we we're talking the same thing. You know, they're not they don't the sloppy play. They're not losing because of sloppy play or or bad uh, decisions or this or that. And they're not losing games because they're all banged up or whatever. Um, they lose they lose games because they get you know the other team hits well or makes some great plays against them. So uh, I think that's all that that anybody can ask for. That when people go to the ballpark, like you say, they have a good day at the ballpark they want to see a good baseball game a fun baseball game and uh you know see it played right and i think that's the uh that's the key thing right there is playing the game right 
So I have to ask you a question. This is kind of an interesting, as I told you, I went to the, uh, Catherine and I went to Miami to watch the Twins play the Marlins on Monday night, had an absolute ball. And as I also said, about two-thirds of people there were wearing Twins memorabilia. There's a guy uh, behind me, one row and off to my right, and he was wearing a, a Twins jersey, and the name on the back of the Twins jersey was Rams. Do you, do you remember a player named Rams? Or is that just short for somebody else's name? Uh, Kid that pitched for the Twins, John Rom. Was it Rams or Roms? Rom? Was it was R A M S on the back of his jersey, or was oh. it pronounced? It probably was pronounced Roms, though. You're probably right. Uh, uh, but no, there was. I think there was a big, big tall pitcher that was. But that that ain't the way he spelled it, though. So it must have been this guy's name must have been Ram. Maybe he liked. Maybe he liked the Rams, the football team. No, actually, apparently, it maybe it was Roms because and you know, might be right. It, it might have been Roms because Mike Herman of the Minnesota Twins. You know, I don't know if you know Mike or yeah. not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he came down and asked the guy if he could buy the jersey from him because apparently Roms wanted the jersey. The guy said, "Well, I called Roms seven years ago and offered to to sell it to him for a hundred bucks, which is what I paid for it." And he said he didn't want it. Now he wants it. And I'm watching this guy, and Mike Herman, like I said, I don't know Mike Herman, so I didn't engage him. He didn't you know, know who I was or any stuff, and I don't know him. I just happen to know who he was. But these guys kind of dickered back and forth over that jersey. And finally, Mike Herman gets up, and he comes back with a jersey, some uh, twins shorts. He, I mean, he he got a, a whole wardrobe out of giving him up that uh, that jersey. And the guy stands up right there and takes it off. He's standing there naked from the waist up. He's putting nope, on his new twins. It was, it was phenomenal. I wow. mean, just locked into that twins thing. I, I just loved watching it because this guy was a dedicated twins fans and he, a fan, and he did not want to give up that jersey, but he finally did because Mike Herman of the twins took care of him. I, I thought it was great to watch, you know? <laughs> It's a, it reminds me of a story offhand. Uh, I was at the ballpark with one of your buddies, Timmy Laudner, one day, and, and Randy Timmy. Bush was there as well. Uh, Randy, you know, works with the Cubs, uh, with the Chicago oh, okay. office with him. But this is a few years back. And I don't know, we were looking, we were sitting there looking, and then and Bushy was looking around. He says, I don't see any Bush jerseys here. And, and, <laughs> I, and there was a few Herbeck jerseys around. And, and I said, yeah, there's not too many Laudner jerseys either, just poking Ooh. fun at Lodge. I said, I'll give you 100 bucks if you can spot a, a Laudner jersey from where we're sitting here. So Lodge <laughs> is looking like crazy all of a sudden. About 10 minutes later, here comes a person walking up with a Laudner jersey on. And he says, where's my <laughs> Who's this? It was it was a relative of his. Timmy had got and bought him a jersey, and he it was at the ball game. So he texted him and had him come over and show him. That oh! he had <laughs> <laughs> That's phenomenal. Something that Laudner, you know, but, but Laudner didn't he? Uh, Laudner was an all star. My God, he wasn't just some hunyuck of a player. Right? Yeah, it was uh, '88, I believe. Timmy was '88. Yeah. Yep. Played in the World Series in '87. Played. Uh, Matter of fact, where the hell were you for the touch football game? Gaetti and Laudner both showed up at the Metrodome and played our touch football game in front of twenty thousand fans. No Herbeck anywhere. I suppose you just you're resting on your uh, your victories, apparently. Uh, yeah, either that or I uh, I didn't want to play with you, Honeyucks, whatever. Oh, I heard Bernard was going to be there, so I'm not coming. Is that what you're saying? No, no, I played <laughs> golf and stuff with you before, but I didn't want to play football. I so want you to do. I know. Contract. I understand. Oh, it probably was. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, 
I got to, but you know what? It was so great. Chuck Foreman showed up and played in the game. That was a, God, that oh game my. was a ball in 19, 1987. It was fantastic. I Some wonder gra- where the heck I was. Greg Gagne was playing. Oh, you were probably sitting at home, sitting on your laurels at home. That's what you were doing. <laughs> I sit on right? my laurels a lot. I got some laurels to sit on. I <laughs> <laughs> got some laurels to sit on, ladies and gentlemen. Kent, you're the best in the business. I feel very, very lucky to be working with you again. I appreciate you coming on the uh, Tom this Bernard is, Morning Show. This, and This is work? Well, that's true. You're absolutely right. I do, we're having a wonderful time together, so that's all we need to know. Well, I appreciate that. It's fun to, fun to chat baseball and, and see what's going on in, uh, in the radio life and spread a little cheer to the folks out there in the, uh, in the listener land and, and talk a little baseball. And, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, a good gig we got going here. There's no question. I will. Uh, I'm, I'm coming over the week of the 17th of April because I get back on the 16th. I'm coming over. Maybe I got to get a hold of Matt Hoy, or maybe it's you know Mike Herman or whomever. But I got. I'm gonna go over and buy some season tickets when I get home, man. Oh my! Oh, I got. I I can't miss you guys. All right. Well, let me know when you're going to a game. We'll hook up. I would love to do that. And by the way, speaking of hooking up, we got to, the next time Gary Gaetti's in town, we got to be you, Laudner, Gaetti, and me. We got to go play a round of golf, man. I would love to do that. Jeez. All right. Castino out there. Maybe Castino's in town. You know. You want to be depressed and watch me play golf for four hours, five hours? That's that's all up to you. (laughs) Maybe you and I will just ride around in a cart and watch them. What do you think? Yeah, we'll just just watch Timmy play. I uh, Timmy can play some golf, man. Oh, yes. he's, he's yes, good. He can. Can't. We'll talk to you next week, pal. Thank you. All right, go Twins. Hey, let's uh, three three ten. I love it, no question. Ladies and gentlemen, Kent Herbeck Sports and the Tom Bernard Morning Show is presented once again by Killebrew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda. Delicious stuff, no doubt. Matter of fact, we keep it stocked at the podcast studio. So there you go. Killebrew Old Fashioned Root Beer and Cream Soda. Begin your next memory at your favorite grocery or convenience store today. Don't you love Herbeck? Herbeck's gone, isn't he? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. I got to ask you something. What the hell is a hunyuk? What are you, a 1930s newspaper boy? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, stock market crashes. Hunyaks jump to their death. (laughs) Hunyaks. I don't know where hunyaks ever came from. H-U-N-Y-U-K-S. Hunyaks. I've never heard that in my life. Tell you what, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a pro turf ad. So look it up and find out what hunyak, if where it came from and what it means. If you would do that for me, all right? Mm Mm-hmm. Excellent. The warmer weather is just around the corner. I promise if you want the best lawn on the block, you've got to go with my friends at ProTurf. And I don't call people my friends unless they're my friends. You heard me. I'm a Minnesota lawn care company since 1982. ProTurf has service techs with over 20 years of experience who service the same route, so they get uh, to know your lawn and will customize a fertilizer, weed control plan that is environmentally safe and guaranteed for superior results. Schedule a free in-person lawn care analysis and estimate at ProfessionalTurf.com. And if you're looking at the landscape or maximize your outdoor living space uh, this summer, ProTurf, of course, has that covered too. ProTurf will work with you to design your landscape project using digital photography and imaging software so you can see how everything will look in full color before the work even begins. ProTurf specializes in installation of trees, shrubs, perennials, mulch beds, rock and sod for your landscape designs, plus installation of concrete pavers or natural stone patios, fire pits, driveways, walkways, retaining walls, and water features like ponds, streams, and rock foundation, a fountain, rock foundation. 
fountain. See, now I got to talk to them about this because I've always wanted to put a rock fountain kind of on the side of my house between where, where Mike and Susan live and where we live. I got to have ProTurf come over and look at that because I'd like a little, little waterfall feature or something. You know what I mean? Like a rock fountain? Yes. Uh, check out their work at professionalturf.com. Uh, Yes, we do have availability. Those dates for how many guests? Andrea's Boutique Hotel is the destination to tie the knot. Oh, you want the whole property. She needs an assistant to catch the bookings bouquets. 249 guests, huh? Oh, and three dogs. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Smooth skin begins with hydrating ingredients. Olay Hyaluronic Body Lotion nourishes your skin with all-day hydration for deeply moisturized results that give you confidence like... Buttery soft shoulders like... And visibly smooth skin like... Quench your skin with nourishing moisture from Olay Hyaluronic Body Lotion. Try Olay Hyaluronic Body Wash, too. And get skin, your face will envy. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. God, I love doing this show. I mean, except for the two of you. Yeah, Mike Brody and Brittany. Oh, <laughs> yeah, ouchie, there you go. ouchie. There you have it. But I do. It's just it's so much fun because it's just conversation. So that's what I was talking to Dan Seaman last night, who was, the, he's like the boss of all bosses at Hubbard. Is that right? He's like boss's 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 boss. Yeah. Boss. He's the boss of the boss. Mm hmm. But yeah, we were talking about the show last night. The fact that, that a lot of people, it's either, you know, they try to bring. Uh, it, it, this is not a radio show. Even when I was over at the queue, that was never a radio show. It wasn't all about radio. It wasn't about uh, you know being on stage somewhere or whatever. It's a conversation, and that show is is evolving into that now, which I'm really really loving. That just this this trying to be you know, hey, let me tell you, you loud and all that. Who needs it? I just love having the conversation. Just been doing that for 52 years, and I just love doing it, man. You guys are doing a great job. God, I hate being nice to yeah. you people. Tom never stops it, talking. Yeah, I just <laughs> never do. 52 years. <laughs> By the way, a hunyak yeah. is a uh, – I found basically two different definitions. One is a the northern version of a redneck. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Okay. All right. And the second was basically an ethnic slur for Hungarians. Oh. Ooh, like so I get like kind of thing like like that like which I don't know this? if you're supposed to say that either but but you know what I'm saying so I think it's I think it is like it's like uh, the Ed Gein kind of people you know like oh you're a hun- hunyak so Ed Gein uh, didn't he massacre about 15 people yeah he was like the he's like the OG serial killer but uh, but but he, he wears the Elmer Fudd hat. Mm. How about if I just call up George Soros on the show next week and I go listen you hunyak because he's Hungarian isn't he? I have no idea. Oh, he's hey, hungry. watch he your destroyed. mouth, you dumb friggin' Swede. <laughs> <laughs> That's just there it is. I'm, back I'm to Swedish, so it, well, the odds were pretty good of that. Yeah, uh, you dumb Swede. Yeah, Hunyak. No, it's, I'm going to start using that term not for the Hungarian way, but for the uh, Northern Woods like thing, a, like Rube. Yeah, like Rube. It means like it basically means yokel dummy. Oh, it does. Okay, Hunyak is a, a, a yokel. Okay, we can get that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome another Hunyak. <laughs> Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury lawyers seeking justice for the injured. Contact Bradshaw and Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Timmy Lammers brought to you by minnesotapersonalinjury.com. And Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Timmy, how you doing, Pally? 
Well, I'm kind of sad now because Bela Lugosi was from Hungary. Does that mean he was a Hanya too? <laughs> I suppose he a was. Vampire Hanya. <laughs> the original vampire. Dracula was a freaking Hanya. God, love it. I so what's happening? You know, people are wondering. Tommy and I use terms like Hanyuk and and words like dink. Oh, he's a dink. I remember growing up. Dink, those yeah. words have gone away for some weird reason, and only you and I use them, Tom. Yeah, dink. Calling people a dink back in grade school was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So here we are. Another week, another video game. Or I shouldn't say video game adaptation because Dungeons & Dragons was a, a role-playing game. Might be video two right now, but now we have the movie that Brittany has been waiting for. Yes. The Super Mario Brothers movie because she wants to bring uh, some, is it nephews and nieces or nephews? Who do you uh, want to bring? Nephews. I want to bring my nephews. Um, and they're big, We, you know, big Mario-aholic. So I, it was a matter of, I only have so many hours in a day. Do I do D&D or Mario? Yeah, it's tough because, I mean, I will say that unlike Dungeons & Dragons last week, which kind of skewed more towards the teen, you know, and up through adult sort of set. I think Super Mario Brothers is more for the kids set. Now, having said that, my wife and I went to see the film. Full house, a lot of uh, people with kids there. Mm -hmm. And we were enjoying it just as much as the kids were. Now, the big bonus, and Tom, if you're looking for a film to bring the grandkids to when you get back, I mean, this is the sort of movie where you sit and it's nostalgic in a way because you remember Andy and Alex and bringing them and how they reacted and seeing the movie through their eyes. All of a sudden now you can see the movie through your grandchildren's eyes. So, you know, it's a good thing. I mean, good vibes all around. Yes, it's a simple plot. You know, Mario and and, and Luigi, uh, they get separated as they go through this this. Uh, portal this this warp pipe underground when they're working on the sewers in in, New, in brooklyn uh and it, one ends up in the mushroom kingdom which is a happy place uh and then uh that is uh mario and luigi ends up in the dark lands that's led by this mutated turtle uh this ruler named bowser so uh you know mario and princess peach who's in you know the mushroom kingdom they go to save luigi that's pretty much the plot it's a pretty basic plot it's very entertaining, though. It's vibrant colors all the way along. It's, there's a lot of action. The voice cast. I know there's been controversy because, oh, my God, is Chris Pratt Italian? Can we have a non-Italian voicing an Italian character? All that. Who cares? First of all, right. I couldn't tell you that that was Chris Pratt's voice. I couldn't tell you that that was Charlie Day's voice doing Luigi. Chris Pratt is Mario. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, who is uh, the Queen's Gambit star. She is the voice of Princess Peach. You know, Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. The always great Jack Black voices and sings as Bowser. So, the, you know, the voice cast is perfect. The visuals. Again, I don't think kids are going to really care about, you know, who's voicing what. They're just going to be enthralled by what they see on the big screen. I'd see, I'm looking forward to it. I want to get back to the movie theaters, and, and so far, um, you know, I kind of wish I had seen uh, uh, A Man Called Otto and The Whale in a movie theater. I made a mistake yeah. there. I should have gone to the movie theater to see both of them. Unfortunately, both of those were films that probably didn't see packed houses. I mean, maybe right, The Whale right. more, 
The, the, the Man Called Otto didn't do as well as it should have, and it is a fabulous movie, and you should Wonderful. be able to rent it at least or catch it on streaming at this point. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I th- I enjoyed both of those movies. I thought the oh, yeah. acting was terrific. And the whale too. Yeah, the, the whale's a tougher one to watch. It's more depressing. Yeah, uh, Otto, yep. you think is going to be depressing, but it's really an incredibly uplifting movie. It's Tom Hanks uh, as a guy who's lost his will to live after losing his wife. Yes, um, and he's a crabby guy. It's not typical Tom Hanks. I said this before. It's Tom Hanks Clint Eastwood role. And, uh, I, and, you know, it's just something different for him. It's something I could have seen Clint Eastwood doing maybe a few years ago. Maybe he still could. I mean, he's 92. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I love feel-good movies. That's what the movies are for. Now, if you look on these aggregate sites like that rotten whatever, whatever site, critics are crapping all over Super Mario. Oh, really? I have a, I have a message for critics. These movies are not made for you. They're not meant to, you know, you're not supposed to judge a movie solely on how it makes you feel. You need to see this movie with an audience. You need to see the intended audience. You need to see the joy that these kids are experiencing. And that's how you rate a movie like Super Mario. And for that, I give it 8 out of 10 on the Lamometer. It's a great family movie, much in the way that Dungeons and Dragons last week is a great family movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, to tell you the truth, we went to it. I'm not a big, uh, you know, one of those movies that come out, those superhero deals. I, yeah, I, yeah. It's not my deal at all. Like Marvel so movies? Yeah, 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 that's a good way to put it. Yeah, the Marvel movie's not my kind of deal. I, I just, and DC, too. And they're losing steam big time. A lot yeah, of these movies yep. are starting to lose money because you have to remember, we're talking about $150 million to $200 million budget. You know, double that with marketing. That's And then, of course, you got the back-end deals with the big stars, et cetera, et cetera. Foreign box office uh, keeps more than the, uh, the local box offices keep. So they got to make a ton of money to break even. So I don't know what, you know, they're starting to wane this movie already. When you see this movie, Super Mario, on a Wednesday and it's packed in the middle of a day, you know you got a huge hit on your hand. This is going to be Mm -hmm. a huge box office for this movie this weekend. I think that's terrific. I I do have to get back out because that that bag of popcorn on my lap watching a movie in a comfortable seat in a movie theater, Mm -hmm. i got to get back to it. I love doing that. Yeah, yeah. So definitely see it. I see it. You know, again, I think you would enjoy it most if you see it with your grandkids. Yeah. You know, oh, I think you're absolutely your right. Your youngest one, even Andy's. I don't know how old his son is, but you know, if you want to take a chance, go ahead. You know, I will tell you a good sign is that you're not seeing kids getting up and running around during the movie. We didn't see any of that. That's a good, good. sign. Kids it are is. bored. That's a that's a true barometer right there. If they're bored, they're going to get up and they're running through the aisles and this, that, and the other thing. Didn't see any of that at this particular movie. Glad to hear it. Maybe we're getting back to being civil, a little more civil again. Is that the idea? I hope so. And, you know, the other thing is no agenda in this movie. Okay? No, oh, no, nothing, nothing like that. They're not trying to preach at all or whatever. It's just about having fun the way it used to be. Nice. Uh, it is not. Yeah, it's a good. That's a good, good word to use right there. Nice is really yeah. the, the perfect word for it. It is nice. 
Sure thing. Unlike that stupid fern gully with its <laughs> agenda oh, how dare of, they? of saving the rainforest, dumb fern hey, gully. I mean, you know, look, if they work it into the story sensibly, that's fine. But I think people can smell a rat. Sure. It's like, yeah. we're going to wag our finger at you and do that. No, no, oh, I'm all God. for it. Movies can be just as educational as entertaining, but I think the first big E is entertaining. Entertain your audiences first. They're trying to get away from, from the doldrums of everyday life. So entertain them first. I got to be honest, when you were talking about the plot, it sounded like a recap of a Pink Floyd album. Mm, that's true. <laughs> well, you know what? If somebody has one of those edible gummies, this might be a... a Tim. <laughs> go to Mushroom Mountain. <laughs> you heard it from it's Tim first. Game. I mean, it's the video game come to life. So, I mean, there are a lot of things that if you play the video game, I watched my youngest two play it last night. And it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can see all the different characters that are involved in stuff. So, yeah, it's a video game movie. But, again, it's, it's I don't know, it's just fun. It's just fun, and that's what you need right now. I have a question for you. You just saw the Dungeons & Dragons movie, right? Yes. Did, did they go on, an, on a roller coaster that sends them into an, Is it like the cartoon from the 80s? Do they play on that at all? Do you remember that cartoon from the 80s? I, I did not see the cartoon from the mm. 80s. It just, to me, having, obviously not seeing that, but never playing the game, hmm. I just have to judge it as a movie. And, you know, it's a lot of CGI, but they do different things with it, different creatures, et cetera, that I really like. Plus, you have a great cast with Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Hugh Grant. Uh, yeah, I mean, everything, you need all those parts, you know, to work together in sync, and they really do for that picture, which was really surprising. I didn't expect a lot of it a lot out of the film beforehand, but I was really impressed with it. Hmm. I think it's wonderful. All right, pal, you're going to have a good weekend? I certainly hope so. Happy Easter to everybody. Happy Passover. And uh, we'll talk, Tommy, next Tuesday. Looking forward to it. Timmy Lammers, sponsored by Bradshaw and Bryant, personally, in, uh, personal injury lawyers, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury lawyers, and Timmy Lammers. And thank you to Mike Brody, sitting in studio all day with us, at least half the day. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike Brody is at Sisyphus Brewing tonight and tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, two comedy albums on Rooftop Comedy. Hear him on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. And watch his 2019 Dry Bar Comedy Special, Not Afraid of Butterflies. Thank you so much, Mike, for coming in. It's always great to see your name on the docket, Pally. Thank you. Great to be here. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, Tom. Bye-bye.